welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Everybody been reading the prophets, just can't get enough. You got to read it every day, be in the scripture and just bounce around and dance about the prophets, bringing us discomfort and God's love through judgment. Yay, the prophets. Yeah. It's important. It's a big part of our scripture. America's Got Talent. Has anyone ever watched that during the week? Anyone seen American Got Or American Idol really fits too. There's, it's entertaining, the first several episodes, because there are lots of people that come and, and give us fantastic performances. And then there are some people who are convinced they're going to give us a fantastic performance, and it's not quite in line with reality. And it's entertaining. It's sad, but it's also entertaining. Not when they're mean to them, but we've been there. Sometimes we have an idea of how things are going to go, and it just doesn't go that way. America's got talent. It's such a fun thing. We want the truth, right? If you go before judges, you want the truth. There was one particular guy, an American Idol, years ago, that came and presented, you know, I've been singing at my church, and they just think I'm fantastic. He was not. And they brought him judgment that he had no preparation for. Poor guy, they loved his singing, and I'm sure they did, but... No one stopped him from going to audition because, frankly, this, this beautiful man had no business auditioning for American Idol. But there he was. He received judgment. And I hope that at some point he welcomed the truth and it helped guide him. Sometimes we just need to be told, that's not your strength. Amen? Now, let's not make a point of being the person that's judging everyone else, but when it comes, we want it to come if we're, if we're honest. So prophets, they're the heralds of this truth and judgment. God's the judge. Israel's the performer, if you want to put it that way. They think that what they're doing is this great performance of their faith, but it's not in line with reality. And so Elijah, Elisha, or Elijah, Elisha, Amos, and now today, Hosea, or Hosea, Hazia, however you say it, because I've heard it all different ways this week, starts off with an eyebrow-raising command. Have you read this prophet? Do you know what God asks this prophet to do? This passage is not rated G. Parents are going to have to explain what in the world is going on in this. God is going to command Hosea to do something controversial. And then the product of this command and his faithfulness to it produces an offspring that is, provides names that are heavy and kind of mean. The focus here is the names of the children to set up the rest of the passage of truth and judgment. The names, I'll, I'll give you a little hint in the Hebrew. Yezreel refers to offspring. The word means offspring of God. This offspring seemed to carry a more and more brokenness into the life of Israel. There's ruhama, which means compassion or mercy. Lo means not. So this name, Lo Ruhama, means not compassionate, not merciful. The Ten Commandments are ten words, all beginning with Lo. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. The name here is not merciful, not compassionate. And then Lo Ami, which means not my people. These are the names of the children. 
This will make more sense as we read the passage. So let's hear from Hosea chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, marry a prostitute, and have children of prostitution. For the people of the land commit great prostitution by deserting the Lord. So Hosea went and took Gomer, Diblaim's daughter, and she became pregnant and bore him a son. The Lord said to him, Name him Jezreel, for in a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I will destroy the kingdom of the house of Israel. On that day I will break the bow of Israel in the Jezreel Valley. Gomer became pregnant again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Name her no compassion, because I will no longer have compassion on the house of Israel or forgive them, but I will have compassion on the house of Judah. I, the Lord their God, will save them. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. When Gomer finished nursing, no compassion, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Then the Lord said, Name him not my people, because you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the number of the people of Israel will be like the sand of the sea, which can be neither measured nor numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, it will be said to them, Children of the living God. The word of God in Scripture the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Prophets are endless fun, aren't they? Bad news. Prophetic message is bad news. The truth hurts. Judgment is difficult to hear. There are three relationships revealed in this passage. God to the people through the form of sovereign to servant, from spouse to spouse, from parent to child, all wrapped up in these names. Hosea commanded to marry a prostitute. Would you follow God's command? Good for you. You would make a good prophet, George. I would struggle. Be like, did I hear you right, God? But he does. And then the children are named these strange names. Can you imagine growing up with these names? Poor kids. Hosea marries someone who engages with others in sex for money. So Hosea's wife. So he has to live with the ramifications of knowing that life. Are his kids really his kids? How's he feel when she's at work? What do people have to say to him? How's the wife doing? This relationship between Hosea and Gomer is stressed beyond our comprehension. This is how God is with Israel. Hosea lives out a living example. It's quite the role. Israel has been unfaithful in the same manner as Gomer. And we're supposed to read it that way. God is God to unfaithful people. God is a spouse to a people who are unfaithful. God is a parent to people who are unfaithful as children. The connection of pity and compassion, this word, it comes from the word womb, pity and compassion. So there's this connection. You have pity and compassion as a parent does to a child, and it's exhausted, according to the prophet. 
Bad news. But the lectionary doesn't go on to verse 11. Verse 11 says this, The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be gathered together. They will choose one head. They will become fruitful in the land. The day will be a wonderful one for Jezreel. Word of hope. I want to talk to the person who selects the lectionary. Why not include that? The two separate camps, if you can imagine, just try to stretch your imagination. There are two people that share an identity, but they identify themselves as different groups. I know that's kind of weird. We've never seen that reality before. People that all call out to the same God, but they think very differently and see themselves as two different groups of people who don't belong. I may just need a minute to soak that in, try to understand what that might be like, right? But they will unite, God says. There will be a day of fruitfulness, a blessing. Judgment always comes with hope. Otherwise, it's just condemnation. They're going to be punished. But punishment without hope is abuse. Punishment without correction is simply abuse. And our God is not abusive. God is heartbroken. God is angry. And it seems that God is even indifferent. But God is still Lord of the people as a spouse and as a parent and as a sovereign. God is always faithful to the covenantal relationship. God is always honoring the agreement. And that's why, as United Methodists, we don't rebaptize. Because although you may have stepped away from the covenant relationship through baptism, God never did. Rebaptism says that somehow it was broken and we have to remake it. No. We can remember our baptism, rededicate ourselves to it. But do you think God has ever stopped being faithful? No. That's why Jezreel, God's seed, will become a source of hope and light. That's why no compassion, remember the daughter? She'll be named compassion in chapter 2 when we look ahead. And that's why the people of Israel and Judah will once again be God's people together. Israel and Judah have torn God's heart in half, but there's hope. Hallelujah. I love our God. I love our prophets. Well, let's think about us today. Because perhaps it's time for us to consider Hosea's message and image in our life as a church. Perhaps it's time for us to look at ourselves and each other through the lens of God before we look through the lens of anything else. Can we let Hosea speak truth to us? And you may not even agree with what I have to say, and that's fine. But would you let Hosea speak truth to you? If you'd marry a prostitute, I'd hope you'd let Hosea speak. We are one people in this room, yes? Apostle Paul, we are one people. We are one body with one Lord of one faith under one baptism. Amen? God never addresses individuals in the Bible. Now, God may address a leader, but always because the leader represents the people. Hosea represents the whole people. It's one marriage. It's an interesting one, interesting children, but it represents the people. Let's ask ourselves, have we been living in faithfulness to the one body and to our one Lord? Or have we allowed our hearts to be faithful to other things? Have we placed our security in the hands of other entities? Do we place our security in the hands of our nation before God? Our status as a class of people before God? Do we put it in the status of our skin pigmentation and how that supposedly makes us different? 
Do we place our security as human beings and our understanding of our own sexuality before God? Our politics before God? Or do we place our security solely in God's hands? Where does our core foundational allegiance lie? To whom does our heart belong? In our family name? Am I a Sanford before I'm a child of God? What about our ethnic heritage? Am I an American before I'm a child of God? Am I a Sellersburgtonian? I don't know, how would you say that? Am I a hamburger? That's always funny to say. Go through Hamburg, you'd be a hamburger. Is my allegiance to the right school colors? Say your school colors. Who do you have allegiance to? Orange and blue, red, crimson and cream, red and white, black and gold. Come on, right? Blue and white. We can name all sorts. Are we allegiant in our heart to them before God? Now, when we've divided ourselves into right, well, right unto you and left, are we allegiant to these before God? Or is our allegiance to the one body created by and through God? Allegiance to the one Lord. And as you sort through your, your head and think, no, my allegiance lies with God, do your actions fit what you're saying? That's what Hosea wants to bring before us. Me too. Okay, I'm not, I may be up in the pulpit. I'm not looking down on you. Hosea is speaking to all of us. Do our inner thoughts about other people and things conform with our identity, allegiance, and security to God? Have we allowed ourselves to lose pity and compassion for one another? Have we allowed ourselves to be lured into a place of seeing each other as no longer my people? We're all hurting right now. There's much good to celebrate, but we're all hurting. We're tired. We're confused. We're anxious. We're stressed. Amen? Have we truly thought through the situations we're dealing with in life? Have we thought them through from God's perspective? How does God see us? Have I moved beyond how things are affecting me to look around and see how they're affecting others. Have you thought about things that you really want, that you feel and you desire? Have you moved beyond that to consider what other people feel, what they desire? Or have we simply been so caught up in our own desires that we've just been led off the path? A bit, a lot? Leading off the path, the vision, does this come from God? Does God cause us to lose our unity? God is the author of diversity, yes, but diversity should have no impact on our unity. The bad news is we're all caught up in placing our security and allegiance in various things. We all are. Ourselves, I get lost in myself, what I think's right. I get lost in groupthink, what my people have to say. I get lost in prejudice, right? You wear the wrong colors. I already have something to think about you. I wore IU colors to a Purdue game. Not a good idea. We depend upon many other things over our dependence on God. We all do this. Amen? It's the bad news. The good news. We are people of the God of good news. God loves us through judgment and truth. God calls the church back into right relationship so that God can be sovereign and we can serve. 
we can live out our faith, trusting that that leads us into fullness of life. God calls us back into right relationship so that God is our spouse, God is our parent, and we can experience the blessing of these relationships. And if God is our parent, and I hope you wouldn't disagree with me there, if God is our spouse, what does that make us to each other? One body, sisters and brothers, siblings of Christ. No matter how broken the relationships are between us, no matter how broken they are between God and us and us and each other, there is hope for the days ahead. The fact that we're here is testimony to that. We have all been united under the one head, as predicted in verse 11, and our one head is Jesus Christ. He is our one Lord through whom we are called into one faith. Amen? So now that we have confirmed this truth with our lips, let's go and live our lives as a reflection of that truth, faithful to it, that what we believe and claim lives into reality, that others may see that we are sisters and brothers. May we honor each other as such in this church because we are all part of the bride of Christ. We are the houses and the house of the very Holy Spirit. So if we can do this well in here, people out there will take notice. And in a world of bad news, let us be a people of good news. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.